bringing the world three days and 50 miles closer to a cure for multiple sclerosis. Whether walker or crew, veteran or new, join us as we share news and memories from MS Challenge Walk. Hey, hey, it's MS Challenge Talk, and I'm your host, Kenny G. Recently returned to Massachusetts. I've been traveling for the past month and recording not in my usual studio, so now I'm glad to be back in front of the mic and bringing you high-quality podcasting once a week in support of MS Challenge Walk, an event held this September 7th to the 9th on Cape Cod by the Greater New England Chapter of the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. I'm going to keep my intro short this week because I have plenty of content coming your way. This past week on Tuesday night, August 14th, there was a crew training meeting held at the chapter's Waltham office, and Brenda Barber, the Associate Vice President of Volunteer Development for the chapter, opened the event with some encouraging and informative words of wisdom, which I surreptitiously recorded and I'm sharing here now. That will be taking the place of our usual conversation with Danielle Kemp, so she has the week off, she'll be back next week, and then you'll be hearing from an interview, which was a lot of fun to arrange. I have an extensive spreadsheet that the MS Society provided to me of participants in the MS Challenge Walk and how they're affiliated with the event. It's a huge spreadsheet, too large to fit on one computer screen, so I scrolled all the way to the right to find the column marked, How is this person connected to MS? I want to get a variety of perspectives on this show, and for this week I was looking for somebody who has a parent with MS. I scrolled down through all the people with siblings, children, co-workers, and friends with MS, found somebody whose parent has MS. Great! I look at the column of how long they've been doing the walk, seven years. That's wonderful. That means that they have a lot of experience that they can share on the show. I definitely want to interview this person. I highlight that row in the spreadsheet, scroll all the way back to the left to get the person's name. It's me. Well, fortunately, there was another name on the spreadsheet just below mine, and I have that person on the air this week, so you'll be hearing from Deb Flanagan right after you hear from Brenda Barber. I will tell you this. You are in for an experience that's beyond any experience that you'll ever have. Uh, here at the MS Society, the Greater New England Chapter, we run over 65 events in a given season. And this is the one and the only that has a strength, dedication, uh, endurance, determination, and the passion for the mission. Because uh, we're together for three days. Uh, you might come into this maybe knowing a couple of people, I can assure you when you leave, you're going to know hundreds of people. It's, it's, I get goosebumps thinking about it, and I've done this for 11 years now. Uh, it's phenomenal. Some of you have been told by word of mouth all about the, the event itself, and you can't really do it justice. I mean, I could tell you stories all night long about the event, but I can't do it justice. You have to feel it, smell it, taste it, and do it yourself. You will spend the entire weekend laughing, crying, and giving or receiving hugs. That's just what this event is all about. You're going to meet about 600 walkers that are going to be with us those three days. You're going to find that you have become a family. I mean, it's amazing because the crew teams who are out on the rest stops, either they're going to love each other because they're together, those three days, or they're just going to hate each other. But they're going to be together. They're going to run the rest stops no matter what. Uh, but what I found that they, they, they have a bond and they have a friendship that, that you just can't break because they want to be back next year with the same people. The other thing that we've been encouraging crew to do over the last few years is try to become a super crew. Raise $200 and you'll get a super crew cap. 
or if you already have earned a super crew cap, you will get a pin that says 2012. For the last four or five years, super crew has been raising anywhere between 35 and $50,000 for this event. But it's amazing. I tell this story to other chapters. I say, you know, other chapters have super crew that raise 1500 like a walker. And I said, we might have one that would do that. I said, it's easier to, to look at somebody and say, try to raise 200 bucks. Become a super crew. And they are, they're in awe at the amount of money that crew, crew will bring in. So it is. It, uh, but I already have the pin, 2012, all set and ready to go. Many of you have heard me tell this story before. But it hit home with me our first ever challenge walk 11 years ago. We had an extremely hot day. I mean, it was awful. Uh, among other problems, but it was a really, really, really hot walk. And I was driving, and then we had two crew vans, and we were moving crews. We dropped some, we pick them up, we dropped some, we pick them up, and it's like, that's when it, it became my baby, I changed it. But anyway, we had a challenge walker who has a mess, who was walking with both knees wrapped and walking with sticks, and came down the trail and stopped at one of the rest stops, and I looked at her, and I didn't know who she was at the time, and I looked at her, and her face was bright, bright, bright red. She was sweating profusely, and I said, darling, what? And I'm from the South, so I get by to call you honey and darling, okay? I said, darling, listen, why don't you get in my van? Let's get you cooled down here a bit. And how about I drive you to the next rest stop or two, go past, and let you rest and let you cool down. And she looked me square in the eye. She said, let me tell you something. I'm going to lick this walk just like I'm going to lick this damn disease. And I am going to finish this walk if I have to do it on bloody stumps. And I thought, whoa. It gives me goosebumps. I mean, wow. The power of the walk and the determination. And I learned very quickly right then what this event is all about. She is the one that taught me firsthand in about five minutes what this event is all about. This is my favorite event of everything that we do. Um, to me, this is my reward at a very long season of events, from bikes to walks to climbs to runs to whatever the case. But this event, it's that kind of determination for a walker to have that gives us the opportunity to do things for them and to take care of them that makes their days a little bit easier along that walk path. The power of this walk, I, I can't tell you, uh, other than my story and where my passion comes from, uh, but you're going to find it. You're going to see it yourself. Uh, you're going to feel it. Like I said, you're going to feel it. You're going to smell it. You're going to taste it. You're going to do it. And you're going to come to me somewhere or another at the end of the weekend and go, wow. Especially the ones who have never done it before. You're just going to be in awe. Everybody's job is important, no matter what your job is. And from the bottom of my heart and Emily's and 19,000 people who have MS in the greater New England chapter area, we thank you uh, because you, you are going to give your blood, sweat, and tears to make this happen. And the crew 
I'm always in awe of what, what the crew will do. Uh, you bend over backwards for these folks. And uh, it's okay to cry. It's okay that uh, somebody's going to touch your, pull your heartstring during the weekend. I can guarantee it. The star of this week's MS Challenge Talk is Deb Flanagan. Hi, Deb. Hi. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Now, what team are you on? I am on Jerry's Gems. It's named after my dad. We're a very small team. There's um, only about two of us that walk, and then there's a couple of crew members that are kind enough to show their support and join. So it's tiny, but we're, we we get it done. <laughs> so your team is a mix of walkers and crew? It is, yeah. And are you walking in honor of your father? I am, yep. How long ago was he diagnosed? In 1982, he was diagnosed. So he's, um, I'm, I was born in 82. So I don't know life without my father having multiple sclerosis. So it's been a constant, you know, for almost 30 years now. Well, that's not exactly an anniversary to celebrate, but to you at least, happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) How long has your team been doing the MS Challenge Walk? So we create, I've been doing, I've personally been involved and this is going on to be my sixth year. And the first two years, um, I walked one year, then I did crew, and then I decided, you know, just to do my best to start a team. So it's about four years with the team this year. You yourself have been both walker and crew, you said? I have. I tried both. Um, I did. I walked more than anything. I did crew one year, and then I got married in 2010 um, in October. So it was a really difficult year to, you know, train and fundraise, um, because when you're trying to plan a wedding, that kind of engulfs your weekends. So that particular year, um, we went down to the Cape and did the one day crew, just, you know, say hi to people, show our support and, you know, just kind of, we did rah-rah, so we were on the camp, you know, the whole day. Even during years that are very busy with other events, it's hard to let go of this tradition once you become a part of it. That's an understatement, absolutely. (laughs) I remember last year, I was hesitant to do the walk because I had just moved back to Massachusetts and a month, a week later, I still had boxes to unpack and here I am going down in Cape Cod. But once I did those three days on Cape Cod, I thought, how could I have ever thought about skipping this? You can't. <laughs> it's addictive. You just, you can't. <laughs> and what is it that keeps you coming back other than the personal connection to the cause? I mean, there are a lot of MS fundraising and awareness events. What is it about Challenge Walk that keeps you coming back even when you're getting married? It's, it's the people. It's, Having a place for three days where you can talk about your life experiences with other people and they understand. And that's, I feel like that's very rare. When you talk to people in life about, um, you know, if you yourself have MS or if a family member has MS, people are always very compassionate. You know, they always admit that they know my dad has MS. They always ask me, even coworkers, you know, how's he doing and things of that nature. But it's very, I feel like it's very rare to be in a situation where you can say something to someone and they get it. People, like I said, people are always very nice. People are very compassionate, but there's a different level of comfort when you don't have to explain things, you know, fully because people either have very close friends or family that have MS or they themselves have MS. So they just get it. And that's that feeling. I can't even explain it in words. It's just, it's homish, you know, very homey to just have that understanding (laughs) and it's three days and it just you lose you just get to go into a different sense of reality and you know see people who you consider family even if you only see them that one time a year and they always just remember you and give you big hugs and it's it's just a really memorable experience 
Have you met other people who are children of someone with MS? I, I have. Um, not the walk per se, but um, I'm on Facebook and there is a group on Facebook called Children of Parents with MS. So that group has you know, been out there. And there are some people who are much older than myself and there are some people on that group who are much younger than myself. And that's a really nice community to be able to talk about that. Most of the people on the challenge walk that I've really sat down and talked to um, either have MS themselves or their spouses of people with MS. But I'm sure there's a lot of people out there you know, who are, who are children of parents with MS, definitely. I didn't know about that Facebook group. Is that something you could send me a link to? Absolutely. Sure. Thank you. Because I'd probably want to join as well. My mom has MS. In fact, yesterday was her birthday. Happy belated birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll pass that along. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good group. It's a good, you know, like I said, there's a variety of ages. There's a variety of levels. And when I say levels, it's in the sense of younger people whose parents have, parents have just been recently diagnosed, who have a lot of questions and are, you know, scared and, and upset and, you know, all those emotions. And then there's people who have been experiencing it and living with it for quite some time who are able to kind of, you know, just provide guidance and support and kind of let them know that it's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> when my mom was diagnosed with MS, I was 12 years old. So my parents were able to sit down with all their kids and explain to them what was happening. Did you ever have a moment like that? Or has this just always been something you've been aware of? You know what? It's, it's a norm. I never, I always knew growing up um, that my dad was a little bit different. I knew that he had MS. I remember telling as, as I got older, I remember being in like elementary school and friends, you know, would start to come over after school and stuff and see my father with a walker. And I'd just be like, oh yeah, he has MS. Like, and they would look at me with two heads because they had no idea what I was talking about because, you know, we're seven, eight years old and don't know these types of things yet in life. But it's always just been a constant. And the thing is like, if he, you know, I never got to really play sports with him or go to a father-daughter dance, but that stuff wasn't missed because he took it up with me in other ways. Um, like I, I hate to admit this, but like we used to watch wrestling together. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's, I can't believe I'm saying that, but, and he, you know, he went to the events with me and stuff like that. So I just, it's, it's normal to me. And as much as everyone else out there wants a cure and wants, you know, everyone to be healthy and happy, it's, it's, it's my, it's my norm, <laughs> you know? And I'm sure you trade every Saturday you spent with Randy, the macho man, savage for a cure. Absolutely. <laughs> I think Randy the Macho Man Savage would support the cure. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He better. <laughs> How has your dad supported you doing the walk? He has been very supportive. He's an introvert, so he um, he cries <laughs> when he sees me at the end of the walk, and he'll probably kill me for, for saying that. <laughs> um, but I think he is able to kind of go through me and, you know, see things that he himself hasn't let himself see because he's such an introvert type. But my parents have been nothing but supportive. And he thinks me after the walk and I always tell him he's a nut. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, both of them are fantastic. Do you have siblings? I don't. I'm an only child. So <laughs> I am. I'm very much a daddy's girl and the love of my parents' life, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> as, as well, you should be. So you that but that means you have no pool of siblings to draw upon when you are looking for teammates for your walk. You're correct. So who does join you on the walk? My husband, who's also been very, very supportive. And the crew members that I mentioned, actually I met on the walk, um, Christina Marissa, and they supported as well. So we're trying slowly. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, people want to join them on the walk on so. <laughs> How big is your team? 
it two this year so far. It's myself and my husband. So small little team, but you know, we, we felt that even if it was tiny, we wanted to pay our respects and show our support to my father. So even if it's just two of us, you know, it's one big team when you think about it, you know, like everyone's there for the ultimate goal and everyone's there supporting each other. So I don't, I don't let the number get to me too much because I know when I talk to people every single day, we all support each other. How do you represent your team on the walk? Do you have team colors or team chants or anything? We don't have any of that stuff. We're kind of a we're a silent team. <laughs> um, I'm not very creative with chants, so anyone out there who's listening, if they want to help, I certainly would appreciate that. I think Jenny McKenzie of Team Hot Pack might be able to help you with that. Fantastic. <laughs> so since it is just the two of you, that must make it easy to coordinate training together. Yes, it is. What sort of training do you two do? So we, um, my parents have, we have a family house in New Hampshire. So it's very hilly in the particular area in New Hampshire. Um, I don't know how many people out there know New Hampshire, but if they know Lake Winnipesaukee, there's a twin lake to that called Lake Winnesquam. Um, it's much smaller, but it's a very hilly environment. You're constantly on hills. So what we start doing, um, we'll train a little bit around, I live in Norwood, so we train a little bit around that area. But when we go up to New Hampshire on the weekends, we start to take nice long walks, um, and we start with, I think it's about three to four miles, nothing big, nothing crazy. And then by the end of the summer, we are up to 17 miles with hills. So the, the fact that the MS Challenge Walk is pretty flat, if I can do, like I said, everyone, if you can do 17 miles with New Hampshire hills, you can do 20 miles on Cape Cod. And it actually really, really helps us on the last day of the walk because um, there are hills that last 10 miles. Mm-hmm. And we are always unintentionally just going around people because we've trained on the hills. So to us, going uphill is like kind of the norm. So our bodies kind of kick in almost better than just staying on the flat. Because the first two days, th- those are pretty flat days. They are very flat days. Those are the mental days. The th- last 10 miles, we sometimes we, we feel like we could just run them if we had to. <laughs> Even though that last day is, you know, quote unquote, only 10 miles, it's nonetheless at the tail end of having walked 40. So a short day can really seem like a long one if you're not ready for it. You know, I, if I had to pick a time during the walk that I find the most challenging is not that last 10 miles. It's the second half of the second day. And I warned my husband before he started walking with me because he did crew um, a couple of years before he started actually doing the walking portion with me. Because to me, that is the most mental, mentally challenging part of that entire walk. Because it's flat and it's straight when you're on the trail and you just have the trees and it's beautiful scenery. Don't get me wrong. But your body's just at that's at the point where your body's kind of saying, what are you doing? <laughs> and that to me is the most challenging part of, of the actual 50 mile walk versus that last, you know, 10 miles. Do you think part of that is because you're going back, you're back, you're retracing your steps and seeing scenery you've already seen before? I have no idea. I just, you know, I don't even think about the fact that I'm retracing. You might have just made it even harder. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. It's just, it's straight and you take a turn and you're not done yet. It's very, it's just very straight <laughs> and you're, the parts of your body that haven't ached yet, um, the very internal, internal muscles and bones and your hips, like that's really starting to, to feel it and it just <laughs> you just gotta get through that maybe that's why I don't find the 10 miles as difficult on the last day because in my head I've already made it through what I find personally 
being the most challenging part portion of the walk. So to me, by that 10 miles, like that's joyful to me because I know that I've absolutely accomplished my task. The last 10 miles may be more memorable because the second half of the second day, as you're saying, it's just long and straight. And I know, at least for me, I tend to compartmentalize and segment the walk. I'm like, oh, here's where I turn left. Here's where the bathroom is. Here's where the ice cream is, whatever. But those la- those last 10 miles on the second day, they're just, there's nothing to break it up. It's monotonous. No, and they're, and yeah. Right. And it's not quite, even though the, the, there are spots where people are cheering and they're, you know, do you need water? Do you need this? Do you need that? That's great. But at that point, you just want to keep going because you're afraid if you stop, like you, you might struggle a little bit to start again. Whereas the last day, people, everyone's excited. You know, most people are starting to be optimistic that they've completed their goals. And they, um, there's the rest stop with the Dunkin' Donuts that's, you know, very well known if you've ever done the walk. And, just everyone's just really cheerful versus, you know, I think the second half of the second day people, it's a very good determination. But when you're determined, you're very serious versus the last day. I think people are just like, this is awesome. And we've done this and we've, everyone's, you know, we've done our challenge and we've been successful. So. Right. On the third day, you feel like you're already there. Whereas on the second day, there's still a question in your mind. Will I make it there? Exactly. And when you're just staring at trees and a, Cape Cod, beautiful Cape Cod path, don't get me wrong, but you're just staring at that Cape Cod path. But I will tell you, when you take that turn, and you before you even take the turn to go onto the road where the Cape Cod sea camps are that second day, and you can hear them cheering, that definitely is huge as well. So there's as much as I'm complaining about that second half of the second day, there's definitely awesome things that happen at that. The whole thing's great. I mean, who am I kidding? <laughs> so now that we've finished scaring all the first time walkers. I've done it. I'm saying it and I still do it. So it has to be something, you know. It can't be that bad. It has you coming back every year. Exactly. <laughs> now, what about fundraising? How do you tackle that part of this undertaking? That's the scary part to me. Um, I str- I, fundraising um, is harder to me and my opinion, than any training, any 50 miles you're walking, anything you're doing. And I, I really, I'm assuming that as people are listening to this out there, they're nodding because I know I'm not alone in this assessment. Um, we do <clears throat> a yard sale. Um, we just, you know, I have, myself and my husband have people in our lives that are so incredibly generous that they boggle my mind. Um, I have people, you know, I'll kind of put it out there on Facebook and people that, you know, you're friends with people on Facebook that you don't really talk to on a regular basis. And all of a sudden, I see these people that I really never speak to giving me $5, giving me $10. And I'm just so humbled just by putting it out on a social website, how how people just react and how generous and how supportive they are. And the art sale is awesome because people are generous and supportive of that, too. They hold on to their spring cleaning to uh, give me their goodies to try to... um sell and donate, you know, and I, every year I, I think, you know, we got to do something new, we got to do something new. So I have always the idea in my mind of, um, maybe doing a bar crawl or, um, I teach Zumba. So maybe doing Zumba fest, things like that. It's just, you know, finding the time to plan and execute these things really is <laughs> difficult to me. So. so the yard sale, that is all material that your neighbors and your friends are donating for the cause. Yeah, I don't, I try to remind myself to keep my things because I throw things out. I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't keep things that I should. I just like to 
it's cold, it's cold after me. So I, I usually have to rely on, you know, other people to kind of help because <laughs> we don't have a lot of stuff in our house that we don't use. Um, but yeah, it's just friends and family and neighbors and coworkers and, you know, just saying to them, you know, we're doing the art sale. If you haven't done your spring cleaning yet, you know, I'll come to your house. I'll get it. Just make it easy for them. Don't ask them to bring it to you. Tell them, you know, I'll come find you. You tell me what's good. As long as you don't mind getting it together for me, you know, putting it in bags or boxes or anything like that. People, people love it because they don't want this stuff. It's, you know, especially I've noticed a lot of, you know, families, people with kids who are growing up. Um, they, I have my, my manager, the, her, her daughter's 13 and I got one of her doll carriages this year because she just hadn't taken the time just to go through the attic and, you know, get rid of the stuff. And people don't like to throw things out, but when they know that it's going to such a great cause, they just are like, this is a perfect opportunity to clean my house out and, you know, do something that's a tax deductible donation. Mm-hmm. So I, I do really well with that. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there. I am I'm on the captain's email list and I see some of the things that people do and it, it's so impressive to me and I really should have conversations with them um, on how they execute, you know, bar crawls and, and um, just different fundraising things that they do because people out out there that do the challenge rock have these amazing, amazing things that ideas that they have. So they definitely, they definitely seems like there's people out there to talk to about fundraising opportunities. And team captains don't tend to be very competitive about or proprietary about their ideas. They're more than happy to share and help. Oh God, no one, no one's competitive. That's, that's why when I talk about my team and the fact there's only two of us, it doesn't bother me because none of this is a competition. It's all the ultimate goal of getting rid of MS. <laughs> getting a cure, getting it gone, donezo, complete, you know, put with the dinosaurs, see you later. Like that's, that's the ultimate goal. And there's no competition of anything. It's like people joking with each other about friendly competition, about, you know, getting, you know, to the finish line faster than them. But that's, that's just, it's banter. You know what I mean? Like people, people are always going to banter with each other. But if anything, there's no competition. There's no negativity. And maybe that's just, part of the reason that I love this so much it's, it's just everyone's watching out for each other like if someone I remember my I don't even know what year it was a couple of years ago um a, a younger girl I had no idea what her name was she was using this challenge walk as an opportunity to train for a marathon which makes really good sense to me you know marathons are 30 miles of, of running basically and you know she's run run walking run walking um and she did something to her knee um and basically fell down and everyone just stopped. People were walking. People had their pace going. They were doing whatever they had to do. But everyone that was around her just stopped and said, don't, don't get up. Like, you don't want to wreck your knee even more. Like, you've got to stop. And people stayed until we could get the medics on the bike because as much as you see them all the time and they're always a constant presence, you know, sometimes you do go a couple of minutes without seeing somebody. So everyone just kind of rallied around her, made sure she was okay. Um, and I'm, I never heard anything of she, how she ended up being. I've never seen her again. But you just remember those kind of moments where it's just everyone helps each other. That's all it is. No competition in terms of fundraising, in terms of actually walking, in terms of of any aspect, really. Everyone's just really nice to each other. And that's nice. That's a very nice feeling. Even though MS affects all of us in different personal ways, I think it's fair to say that no matter how personal the connection is, none of us are on Cape Cod for ourselves. We're all there for each other. Absolutely. And, they, and the thing is, the people with MS who are on crew, thank you. And you want to look at them and be like, you're a nut. Like I would, I would do this 
365 days a year to help you. Don't don't thank me. Thank you for being so brave. Thank you for being you guys and, and supporting us. You know, we we want to, you know, everyone's just thanking each other. It doesn't, it just, it does, everyone's unified. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's so hard to put in words, I think. You just got to do it. <laughs> you just got to get out there and, and get involved and do it. <laughs> just cut, come down to the Cape and experience it for yourself. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And talk to as many people as you can and brainstorm and build relationships and build bonds. And yeah, you might not see them outside of the challenge walk, but I'll tell you, I even just thinking about it right now, there's all these faces just flashing through my head of people that I see once a year, but I've seen them continuously for the last six years. And you just feel so connected to them. Even if you don't know them that well outside of the challenge walk, you still look forward to seeing them once a year. And it's just awesome. <laughs> it's worth it's worth everything. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Thinking about it can bring me to tears in, in a good way because it just makes your heart just feel whole. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Even the second half of the second day is that awesome. <laughs> well, before I drive you to tears, I think I'll just say thank you for being so brave and doing the walk and thank you for talking with me. Absolutely. I, I'm, I really appreciate you reaching out to me. It, very much humbled me to, you know, to be asked to have a conversation with you about this. I, I certainly appreciate it greatly. Oh, the honor's all over here. Thank you. Absolutely. What an inspiring team captain. We are so lucky to have people like Brenda and Deb supporting us and walking alongside us on the route. The least we can do is support people like them with their fundraisers. And here are the ones that are happening this week. Jackie Whitaker of Team Cocktails for a Cure is all the way out in Denver, so it's hard for us to attend her in-person fundraisers. Fortunately, she's offering three online fundraisers that we can explore. A friend of hers, Erica Lynn, is selling candles, chocolate fondue, and handbags. And if you buy through the links on our event calendar, a portion of the proceeds of your sale will go to Jackie and Cocktails for a Cure. The links for those purchases can be found at challengetalk.org slash calendar. This Friday, August 24th, Team Hot Pack, the previously mentioned team from New York, will be having a fundraiser at the Starlight Room in Elmira, New York. This is in the Finger Lakes region of New York State, and you're invited to pay a $10 admission in exchange for a live auction, 50-50 drawings, hors d'oeuvres, wine tastings, and a 7 p.m. drag show. Just goes to show how creative you can be when it comes to fundraising. That's August 24th, 6 to 8 p.m. in Elmira, New York. And the very next day, for those of us in Massachusetts, we have a cruise we can go on of Boston Harbor. This is being sponsored by Dawn Soul Patrol, and it runs 6 to 9 p.m. and it departs from 200 Seaport Boulevard aboard the Spirit of Boston. The cost is $75 per person or $125 per couple and includes a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. Filled with amazing scenery, music, refreshing drinks from a full-service cash bar, delicious appetizers, and a silent auction. With so much in store, the evening promises to be a memorable and fun occasion to benefit a wonderful cause. In addition to these three events, we also have the usual events that are going on, including sales of tastefully simple products, Yankee candles, dining every Wednesday night at Not Your Average Joe's, and more. So check out all these and more at challengetalk.org slash calendar, where you can also submit your own event for publication. That's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed MS Challenge Talk. We only have a few more episodes to go before we find ourselves on the Cape Cod Rail Trail, so stay tuned for those last-minute tips and hints, and I look forward to seeing you soon. This has been MS Challenge Talk. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.challengetalk.org.